The honor I have received today, which is for my country even more than for me, confirms my own desire and my own resolve to do everything I can to maintain and strengthen these good relations with the country which now more than ever that I am a freeman of this city will always be my second home. Lester Pearson there uh, speaking when he was given uh, the key to the city in London many, many moons ago, back in 1968, I believe that quote is that clip is from. Uh, the reason we're playing Lester Pearson here tonight is not because it's interesting to hear people. I, you know, I'd forgotten what he sounded like uh, because obviously I haven't heard a lot of his uh, speeches over the years, a few here and there, you know, the big ones. But um, this was the year that Lester Pearson's works were meant to hit the public domain. Um but they're not. You're going to, if you want to, say, compile a book that explores his works, you're going to have to get permission from his estate or wait till 2043 to do so. Um, it's a vivid example of the impact of a change that was made very quietly, by the way, by the Canadian government right before New Year. We changed our copyright rules. Copyright protection used to be applied to literary, dramatic, musical, or artistic works for the life of their author, plus another 50 years. So for Lester Pearson, he passed away in 1972. It's 2022, 23, that would become public. Um, but now they won't. We've extended it to 70 years, from 50 years to 70 years. So the life of the author plus 70 years. Now, public domain means uh, work can be republished or repurposed without seeking permission or paying a rights holder for the use of the work. The change means there will be no new books, songs, or plays, or anything added to the public domain in this country until 2043. The reason this was done is it does bring us in line with what the U.S. does, um, and that was part of our free trade deal with the U.S., that we would do this. It's not retroactive, meaning it's not going to apply to things that were made, put into the public domain in the last 20 years. They'll stay there. But for the next 20 years, we're going to have no new stuff in the public domain. Now, it won't have a huge impact. I mean, I'm sure many of you, none of you probably were thinking of writing a book compiling Lester Pearson's works, right? But it does have an impact. You know, copyright has an impact. If you're a library, if you're an archivist, if you're a school, copyright rules have an impact. So, so will this one. And the change is forever, right? And it's no longer 50, it's now 70. So some of the arts community obviously support this. You know, there are works that are, remain valuable long after um, they were published, including 50 years after um, the author has passed, 70 years after the author has passed. But oftentimes, it's either difficult to figure out who the rights holder is, or these works just go into the public domain and they're really not used. I mean, they don't, they're not profitable anymore. Um, so that when they are in the public domain, it benefits us all to some extent. Well, to try to answer some of the questions about what the impact of this is going to be, why it was done the way it was done, and were there any alternatives, is Michael Geist. He's Canada Research Chair in Internet and E-Commerce Law at the University of Ottawa. Thanks for your time tonight. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Well, this feels like a big change. I mean, I was just saying every year we sort of look at what's coming into the public domain, specifically in the U.S. where it seems to matter so much. But uh we won't be seeing anything coming into the public domain in this country now for, for some time to come, and it's uh, it's going to have an impact, I imagine. Oh, I think it absolutely will, and I actually think, I think it is a really big deal. In fact, you know, you're right. For for many years, there have been this you know, it's public domain day, the start of a new year, what, what new works have entered into the public domain. And for the better part of 20 years, people in Canada took a look at what was happening in the United States and said, ah, oh, it's nice to be in Canada. 
because we continue, we had a, a copyright term under our law that met the international standard of life of the author plus an additional 50 years. The U.S. had extended that by an extra 20 years. And so they went through this 20-year period where nothing new was entering into the public domain. And in Canada, you had this progression of year after year that you had some some notable works and authors whose works would enter into the public domain and they would not in the United States. And now that has effectively flipped and we will spend the next 20 years with nothing new entering into the public domain. It's exceptionally discouraging. For people who might not understand what impact this could have, um, because oftentimes these are works, some of them, I mean, we pay attention to the ones that are the most, uh, still most profitable, I suppose, you know, the Mickey Mouses, the Winnie the Poohs and so on. But there's an awful lot of material that comes into the public domain and uh, it has benefits that people may not understand. I think that's right. And I think it is worth noting that the vast majority of works that enter the public domain or that expire at whatever period of time um, expire without much commercial value, with typically with no commercial value. I mean, it is the the rare exception that a work is created during the life of the author, goes for an additional 50 years or now, I guess, an additional 70 years. And at the end of that time, there is still commercial value. There's just not a lot of Shakespeare's out there uh, is what it comes down to. And so the reality is that when you extend the term of copyright, you do it, at least in the way that the Canadian government has done it, you do it for all works, whether there's value or not. And one of the real harms is that there are all kinds of works that may still have some value, if not commercial value. You know, they have historical value. They have cultural value. They are still used in some really interesting ways. They could be adapted. They could be digitized. They could be part of a, a program to ensure greater access, let's say, to Canadian history or Canadian culture. And yet, with the broad brush of copyright term extension that we have in Canada, all of that is locked down alongside the very small number of works that still have commercial value for which the estates that control those copyrights have been at the forefront of lobbying for this and saying, hey, we want uh, longer copyrights so we can continue to commercially exploit these works for a longer period of time. Ultimately, who benefits here? Because, you know, again, we always refer to those high profile examples. I mean, I think of Lucy Maud Montgomery and Anna Green Gables that went into the public domain. You know, clearly people were able to to use that. Uh, it, it was good. It was a boon for the for the book, too, though. I mean, ultimately, when people uh, use the material in different ways, it sort of shines a new light on the original work. But who benefits by stopping this for the next 20 years and then extending that that period for good now? Well, I mean, it's an important question. And, and I think the, the reality is that it's a relatively small number of, of of creators, or at least those that control copyrights more accurately. And, you know, they've been at the forefront of lobbying for a term extension. You've you've already made references to things like Winnie the, Winnie the Pooh or the Disney type rights, which, which have, are notable for having sought extension in the term of copyright. Uh, but, you know, any gains that those estates have or those sometimes large companies or collectives have has to be offset against the costs and here the costs are significant you know i think that's the reason that the truth is the canadian government didn't want to do this and not just the current liberal government the previous conservative government didn't want to do it either we've gone through now Decades of pressure from the United States trying to get Canada to extend the term of copyright and successive governments, both liberal and conservative, consistently said no, because there was no strong policy rationale. There just there wasn't enough benefit. This doesn't 
do very much to create incentives for new kinds of creativity. Much of the impact is felt on works that have already been created, which creates some direct costs. And so there was a recognition that this just wasn't good policy. And at the end of the day, we were able to, to sort of hold off for a very long period of time, ultimately caved as part of the latest trade agreement with the United States that was renegotiated under Donald Trump. But even then, there was still a bit of an out for Canada to, to think about how it implemented this term extension to limit some of the harms, to try to mitigate against some of these costs. And yet, Canadian government kind of took a look at it. There were plenty of recommendations about how they could do it. And at the end of the day, really just tried to sneak through the term extension without a whole lot of attention and without addressing uh, ways to try to mitigate against the harms. Yeah, some irony there when it comes to the public domain being you know, an extension to the public, uh, to keeping things out of the public domain being done so secretively. Um, what what will be impacted here? I mean, I, I imagine most of us won't, won't, perhaps we will. I was thinking most of us probably won't notice this, but maybe we will. Um, you know, certainly one understands artists who create want to keep copyright over their material for as long as possible. Um, but what will the general public see with this extension? Well, I think that they that we are already seeing, I think it's important to recognize, we are already seeing the impacts. You know, the librarians and others have already reported just you know, a week and a half, two weeks into this term extension, instances where they've been asked to give approval for, say, a digitization project. Can we take these materials, make them digital to make them available to students or as part of a research project, make it more broadly available? And they've had to take a look at the issue and say, you know what, in this case, these are the kinds of works that are now that might have been in the public domain, but aren't now. And so we're not able to grant that approval. Consider, for example, if you were doing work on the former Canadian Prime Minister Lester Pearson, who was scheduled, whose works was scheduled to enter into the public domain uh, at the end of the year. They now do not. And so those works are effectively locked down for an additional 20 years. Michael Geist is with us this half hour, Canada Research Chair in Internet and E-Commerce Law at the University of Ottawa. We're talking about uh, the public domain. This is when works, uh, copyrighted works, the copyright expires. Uh, the, the old rules were the lifetime of the author plus 50 years. That's been extended now to 70 years. That's what the U.S. does. It means uh, for the next 20 years, a lot of things will be kept out. I mean, all, all things <laughs> to, to some extent will be kept out, kept out of the public domain, and that's going to have an impact, certainly in that dry two decades we're entering into. Um, you mentioned this earlier. The government was very, very quiet about this, which is odd for a government that's, that's you know, usually will boast about everything it does. This one, it wasn't talking about. Why do you think that was? Well, I, I, and I, I think that's true. They, this is you, you. You can look long and hard, and you, I don't believe you will find a press release trumpeting copyright term extension, either its inclusion in a, the very end of a budget implementation bill or the fact that it just now took effect. And I think the reason for that is that I think the government well knows this is not particularly popular policy, and it's not really justifiable policy. I mean, the, the best the government can really say about this is that Canada was pushed into this by the United States and ultimately felt that to get in a trade agreement with the U.S., this was something they had to give on. Well, I, and, and perhaps that's a that might be a good enough argument for some, but I think for many Canadians, I'll take a look at that and say, well, hold on a second. You, you entered in this agreement. You talked about all the benefits that would come from a Canadian perspective. You didn't spend much time talking about some of the costs. And now when they're, we are paying 
some of these kinds of costs. You don't want to talk about it at all. And in this instance, it's not just that there's this lack of publicity that gets buried in a budget bill, that there's no releases about it. It kind of just happens and people suddenly wake up in 2023 and realize that it has happened. It's that there were options. The government, prior to agreeing, prior to taking the approach they took, started considering some of the different possibilities. Even There was even a hearing on... Canadian copyright reform, in which the recommendations that came out of that talked about ways to mitigate against some of the harms. And yet, ultimately, the government chose not to take any of those approaches, instead simply moving ahead as they've done. Do we have any insight as to why, despite uh, the many options they could have had out there? I mean, the way that it was presented was that this was part of USMCA and there was no there was no way around it. This keeps us in line with other jurisdictions that have also been extending uh, copyright. Uh, was the, There were clearly alternatives. Any insight as to why the government decided just to very quietly go about doing this and not tell, really not make it uh, common knowledge? Well, listen, I, I, I don't feel like it, especially recently when it comes to copyright and digital issues. This is a government that's been particularly responsive to Canadians speaking out on some of these issues. And this is one that feels like it was issue managed where they said, listen, um, we've got to do it. Um, coming up with some of the mitigation strategies, some of these alternatives is going to face some opposition, certainly some of the groups that stood to benefit, even though I think that the the primary mechanism that was available to the government was one that those groups would have continued to enjoy extended terms of copyright. And so I thought there was a, a nice solution out there that that the committee studying the issue had put forward, many others had put forward as well. But it was more complicated, it involved some work, it involved some public education around some of these issues. And the government, I think, ultimately chose the, uh, an approach that this is a whole lot easier. We can just do this and hopefully nobody pays attention. It turns out some people are paying attention now, but it feels that in certain respects, some of the alternatives are now a bit too late, given given that they've already gone ahead and done this. Yeah, so no recourse, right? This is it. This is, we'll spend the next 20 years in this country. Nothing will go into the public domain uh, for the next 20 years as this extension is played out. That seems likely. Uh, you know, whether they can come up with other mitigation measures, for example, creating certain exceptions, say for libraries or archives or digitization type projects to make use of some of these works in this extra 20 year period, I suppose remains to be seen. It's possible that the government may say, you know what, um, we want, we had a deadline that we had to put this forward. And so we've done that, but now we want to take care of to address some of these kinds of concerns. But, you know, it's hard, I must admit, to be optimistic in that regard, just because the the experience to date has been one that the government either doesn't seem to care or is much happier trying to downplay this as much as possible. Michael Geist, uh, thank you so much for your insight on this. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me.